With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for listening to episode two of the podcast, Restore the Floor, about the Detroit Pistons and the NBA. Uh, tonight, the Pistons uh, take on the Cleveland Cavaliers, the red-hot Cleveland Cavaliers. Coming up in a few minutes on the podcast, we'll be talking to Jason Hillman, Vice President of Basketball Operation for the Cavs. But Ev, uh, Wednesday night in Milwaukee, you know, you thought maybe because they played really well in a loss against Milwaukee on Monday, Pistons would maybe get be able to eke out another upset win like they did over Golden State. But, man, from the get-go, it was Giannis, 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 and the Pistons just could never get it together. No, and it was just, I mean, and, and the fact that we said take the over, and then the Pistons go and score 18 in, like, multiple quarters. And I'm yeah. like, no NBA team scores under 20 anymore in a quarter. But it was just, I mean, it was uninspired. It didn't look like the effort was there. And I never want to question a player's effort, but... One big thing that I have a problem with, and it might be with me all year, your star can't have 10 points in a game. That's no. that's the problem that I have with Cade Cunningham. And now, listen, his first seven games were pretty darn good, right? Especially you, his last four before last night. Yeah, and then just to have that clunker and the look on his face, like, not defeated, but... I, it, it was just weird to me, right? And I understand when you play a team back-to-back like that. And, and the Milwaukee Bucks, listen, they're no slouch of a team. I mean, George and Greg mentioned many times on the broadcast how good the Bucks are and how much better the Bucks are going to get when they get Covington back. And and it's like, but oh, you, you want to see... Mean, you mean Middleton. Middleton and Covington, but... Oh, right, yeah. yeah they're both out right now. Oh, Con- Connington. Connington, there we go. And so... You just want to see more of an effort. And I, I liked what I saw. It was Isaiah Stewart. We talked about it on the first episode about being able to shoot the three with confidence. And he was doing it again. But Yeah, two for three from, uh, from three, 16 and 10. They just, because they got behind, so, you know, so quickly, you're right. They, they had this defeatist look to them. And, you know, Ivy's going to have games like that. We all understand that where he had, you know, only had two turnovers, but... He, he can't shoot three for 11 every game. No, he can't. And and the glaring hole right now is the size in the middle, man. I mean, mm-hmm. Giannis, right? He, he plays like a guard, but he's six foot 11. But he owned them in the paint last night. There was one drop step dunk that he had. I was like, holy yeah. shit. Like, that's why this guy is so good. But then there's another one 
where he came down the lane, hammered it home, and even he looked like, wow, I just did that. You know what I mean? And you never want that to happen against your team. But coming up, it's the Cavs. It's a conference division, and and you want to see more fight, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, the- I, I think at home you'll you'll see more fight in in that game. But one other thing about the the game Wednesday night, it just seemed once they got behind, like the white flag came out. You know, not on purpose, right? Psychologically, and on the other side, I think Giannis more more particularly him than than anyone else. And all Holiday had a great game as well. Again. God, he, he's so freaking good. But Giannis said, you know what? They almost beat us the other night. That ain't happening. We're going to take control early, and it's going to be on my shoulders early. And he did. He took the life right out of the Pistons. Yeah, and it's kind of funny, too, because usually in the NBA, you know, you you hear the, the cliche, only the last three minutes really matter in an NBA game. No, Giannis yeah. put that out of the way right off, right off the rip, that that was his game. But what kills me the most is freaking Brooke Lopez. Like this guy, I feel like his brother Robin was never the guy that he is. You know what I mean? Like he was never going to be that good. They but, take on Robin tonight. <laughs> that's right. But just the fact that Brooke has been in the league since 2008 and he has been a double-digit-a-night guy his entire freaking career is amazing to me. And he's still putting in work. But that's where my point goes to of not having an inside presence. Brooke Lopez is a very, very, very good basketball player, but he shouldn't be able to just go at will like that on you. Hitting threes. He's hitting Dirk Nowitzki one-foot fadeaway shots. I'm like, what am I watching right now? I know. By the way, speaking of Dirk's former team, we would be remiss as we look a little bit of other NBA stuff, what Luke has been doing. Uh, Luka Doncic, once again, last night, goes for over uh, 30 points Wednesday night. It's seven straight games. He's the second person, actually third person, to start a season with 30 points or more in every game. It's seven games for him. Uh, Wilt did it twice in 1960, uh, eight times, and then in the 62-63 season, Wilt did it the first 23 games. So, like, when you brought this up to me, Stoney, I was like, there's no way that it's only happened by Wilt. And then I found out the other guy is Jack Twyman in 1959-60. Jack, yeah, Jack Twyman who played with Oscar Robertson for the great Cincinnati Royals team. See, but you, to you're think too young to ever see them play. That now, I it, obviously didn't see them play in the year he did it. It was 1960. Jack Twyman, by the way, as I go down memory lane, he was the color analyst for the ABC NBA game of the week with Chris Schenkel when I was a kid growing up. Oh, Schenkel, huh? Class. Yeah. But <laughs> I just couldn't believe that, you know, all these prolific scores that we've had in the NBA year after year that Luca is the first one to do it since 1963. It's unbelievable. And we talked about this on the first episode about how John ja Morant is one of those guys that I would pay to go see, right? Luka Doncic is the same deal. I was lucky enough, what, pre-COVID, to go with the Pistons to Mexico City to watch them take on the Mavericks. Oh, yeah. And to watch him play. A, you don't realize that he is a legit 6'6". He doesn't move fast, but at the same time, he's still quicker than everybody else on the floor. Like, his shot, you look at it. I bet a lot of coaches see it, and they're like, oh, we could improve it, blah, blah, blah. But it's so pure. He can get it off with such ease. He handles the basketball with the best 
Like, go pay <laughs> or get a free ticket, however it is. If you ever get a chance to see Luca play live, please do it. It is such a sight to see how he can command a basketball game. Like, you, Stoney, you know it. You've covered the NBA for years. There's only a handful of players that can really dictate what they want to do on the floor on any given possession, and I think he's one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you look at the Cavs uh, at the LCA tonight. You know, they've only lost one game, and that was to uh, – so the Cavs tonight taking on the Pistons at the LCA. They've lost one game. That was the opener against uh, the underrated Toronto Raptors in Toronto, 108-105. Since then, they've beaten the Bulls, the Wizards, the Magic, and um, the, the Celtics and the Knicks. Now, the Celtic game was a great game. Um, beat the Celtics twice, actually. They beat the Celtics In overtime. They be right both time and both times went in overtime, right? Yep, both games. Yeah, so two really good teams, obviously, uh, and then they beat the Knicks by thirteen points uh, on, on, on Sunday night. How do the Pistons expect to win this game? Is it because uh, talent wise, it's unfortunately it's not even close. No, you got well. You got to hope Bogdanovich is back on his. You know, he scored what fourteen or something against. Um, yeah, the Bucks. He only that, took twelve shots because he got in a little foul trouble. Like, right, and well, and and you notice too, they're really keying him. Like, the, I yeah. think the key to stopping the Pistons right now is just to shut him down and let the other guys go. But I, I, I think, I mean, I, I you never want to say never, but it's get their guys in foul trouble, get them off the floor, get the Donovan Mitchell, the Evan Mobley, the Darius Garlands. Get, if you can get one of those three off the floor for an extended period of time, I think that's your best bet of going to beating the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers could be a mini machine here in the East. You know, I mean, I, I can't wait to watch them play the Bulls this year, obviously the Pistons, but the Cavs have put together a really, really, really nice lineup that I think a lot of teams can be jealous of. I mean, just even look at like a coral that's on the, their team. What was he, the fifth overall pick? And yeah. he's like down the totem pole on that team because they have so many other good players. You know, you think about Kevin Love, right? He's still a very good NBA player. Right. He's still averaging what, 11 points a game. He still can shoot from the outside. He's still really good, even his age. The, you know, the underrated guy, even though he made the all star team one year, is Allen because. People don't realize, I mean, yeah, great rebounder. You know, he's averaging 12 points a game. You know, blocks shots at least one, you know, one and a half a game, something like that. But he scores 12 points. He's averaging 12 a game. So mm -hmm. it's not like – because when he came into the league, he was just basically Mr. Defense. That's it. But he's learned to play his role, accept his role. See, I always felt like somebody like Andre Drummond just could not accept his role, that his role was going to be put back buckets, like we're not going to run the offense through you. And right. he and he, Jared Allen has taken that on. I mean, you're right. When he was with the Nets as a rookie and early on, like he was only defense, and it was like if you got an offensive board, you better kick that ball out and not put it back up. But the more and more you develop, the harder you work. Um, and just the addition of the great guards that they have too. You know, with Donovan Mitchell and and Darius Garland. I mean, it, it's exciting. <laughs> I hate to say it because I hate Cleveland and I hate all of their teams. <laughs> but they're kind of a team that, like, it's hard not to root for, right? They don't have any players that you dislike. I mean, uh, Karis LeVert's on the team. I don't like it where he went to college, but he's right. still one hell of a basketball player, and I can't deny that. 
But like even Osman, right? I mean, the foreign white dude, the Turkish baller that's out there. I mean, he's only 27 years old, but he's one hell of a basketball player. And I mean, I'm excited to watch this game on Friday night. It's NBA. You get stars. I mean, say what you want. Donovan Mitchell, he's a star in this league. He is. I mean, when you have a nickname, Spider, you're a star, right? 100%. Yeah. And like, not to look too far ahead, but this is a pretty big game for the Pistons. They do host Oklahoma City, who's actually playing much better than people thought. I like their Uh, backcourt a lot, too. Monday night. Then they play the Celtics two of the next three games. Uh, then they play the they play the Knicks in between those Celtics games. Then Toronto, and then the Pistons go on a massive road trip. Clippers, Lakers, yeah, out Kings, west where they've always Nuggets, done so Jazz, well. Suns, I mean, and then they come home. Uh, they play. It's weird. Great schedule. They play a Friday night game in Phoenix, and then Sunday six o'clock against Cleveland again. So the Pistons will be done with Cleveland at home uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. That's wild. It really is. But we got somebody cool to talk to to us about the game, though, right? Yes, we do. We got uh, Jason Hillman, the vice president of basketball operations for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's with us now. Jason, how are you? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, tonight at the Little Caesars Arena, the Pistons will take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavaliers are kicking butt right now, and we are happy to be joined by the vice president, basketball operations, my friend, the pride of Detroit Country Day, the pride of the Michigan State University. Evan, I know you love that. Uh, He is Jason Hillman. What's up, Jace? How you doing, Stoney? I, I, I think I'm still uh, a few rungs way below Chris Weber and Shane Battier on the uh, Pride of Country Day, but I'll take it. I appreciate it. How are you? Doing pretty good. We're doing, we're doing good. This is uh, podcast number two, so you're our first guest. And because Evan is, Evan's a bigger Spartan fan than, than you are, this is, good. this is good to have two Spartans here together. Well, Stoney, you root for him in basketball, so you're kind of like a Spartan fan. That's true, but I'm so That's I have right. such tunnel vision this week that I, I don't know. I have, I can, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. oh! What a great joke, huh? Uh, I know, I know. Tough week. So Hills, what? Your your team is just unbelievable right now, and it was good last year. What did Donovan Mitchell? What does he add to this team? I mean, I for years I've been have this app that goes off every time he did something with Utah because, as you know, the Pistons, you know. Could have had him, but took Luke Kennard and said, instead, you guys got him, and he's been just unbelievable, hasn't he? He's been incredible. Um, and he's been, you know, I think JB talked about it a couple nights ago. Um, he's been a complete basketball player. He has helped us on the offensive end, obviously immensely, but on the defensive end as well. And, you know, for us, obviously, Darius got hurt opening night. Um, and so we had to put the ball in Donovan's hand and, and really have us lead, lead us, you know, through these first seven games. Uh, we got Darius back, you know, obviously against against Boston. But 
the amazing thing to me about Donovan, and this is not an easy thing for an NBA player to do, but he's a three-time All-Star coming to a team that had a core established, right? I mean, we had established this young core of Evan and Jared and Darius with a couple veterans um, that took a significant step last year, albeit we still have a ways to go. And he's miraculously found his voice. Like, it's difficult to come in and figure out where you lead, where you defer, where you try and fit in. And he's done it beautifully. Um, he's just an, an incredible locker room guy. He's a hell of a basketball player, complete basketball player. Um, you know, he struggled the other night against Boston early, but then finished great. Um, and we couldn't be happier. He is just, you know, I think he has taken our team to another level. And it's why we made the deal. And how do the other players, you know, fit in with him? Do they, you said he's a great guy in the locker room, but man, he just, even in the community, you see him interviewed, he's always smiling. And he, he seems like almost like the perfect teammate. Yeah. So like, you know, when, when we made the deal and I think this story got, got published, but he, I think he was playing golf. And when he realized he was coming to us, but the guys that we were still having on our team, um, he apparently just went crazy. Um, he's got a relationship with Darius. In fact, I think he may have even been working out with Darius the week we made the deal. Um, those two have an incredible relationship. They are happy sharing the backcourt together. You know, he has made it clear that he's not coming in here trying to be some savior. Um, and again, he just picks his spots. He's, you know, he, he got to Cleveland, Ohio. He was blown away at the reception that he got when we first brought him here in his introductory press conference. He started going to Browns games. He started going to Guardians playoff games. He's a huge may not know. Um, his dad's involved at the New York Mets organization for a long time. So he loves baseball. So he and I have, have certainly clicked over that. Um, but, you know, you guys know this is a – and, you know, we think we have now four all-star potential caliber players in our starting lineup. Now, coming into the season, every team has that aspiration of holding the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the year, and I, I assume the Cavs did with the young core. But now when you get him, how much higher do expectations become when you add another all-star to your already very young core that's out there competing day in and day out without him? You know what? At the risk of sounding coach speak, I, I don't know that it could change the expectations for us because, you know, candidly, at the end of last year, um, you know, we had we'd obviously accomplished a lot, and then we had some injury bug. We missed out on the playoffs. That probably turned out to be a blessing in disguise. So our group right now is still playing as if we have not accomplished anything because we haven't. And, and I, again, I don't mean to make that sound cliche, especially to you guys, but we have to play as if we are underdogs. That's something that JB preaches to us all the time on a regular basis. Um, and if we lose that, I think it would affect the way we play. Um, and until that changes, I think we want to keep playing that way. We're not putting a ceiling on what we can do, what we're capable of. Um, and, and so I think it's it's way too early to start you know, talking about what the expectation game may be. I mean, you guys are what six and one right now, heading heading into tonight, and uh, doing you know obviously the best team in the division so far. You know, what's amazing to me about Donovan Mitchell, and I, granted, it's early, but when you Evan, when you look at the stats here, he's averaging thirty one. That's basically almost 
two times as much as anybody else on the team is averaging. It's crazy. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we obviously spread that wealth, and I think that's one thing that you're going to see from us on a regular basis is you know you look at, at the game against Boston the other night for us, Darius and, and Donovan combined for 54, I think, but then you know we get 15 from Karras. We get another 29 combined, I think, from Jarrett and Evan Mobley. Um, who shot the ball, both of them shot the ball really well. We're going to get different people every night. Um, two games before, we had Kevin Love and Dean Wade combined for eight threes. Uh, they both had eight threes. Neither of them made a three uh, in our, our win against Boston at home the other night. So we're going to get somebody stepping up every night. Um, that's the depth of our, of our group right now. Um, Jetty Osmond has played well. Karis LeBert has played well. Obviously had a 40-piece against Boston in Boston. Um, then comes out the other night and didn't score the ball well, but had nine assists. So, you know, we're, we feel like we're balanced um, and we're deep and we're versatile. And, and that certainly plays well in today's NBA. Now, I, I know uh, Evan's not going to like this because he hates all things maize and blue, but tell us about Karis LeVert. How good of a player is he? How good of a teammate is he? That type of stuff. Great player and, you know, an even better human being. Um, everybody that we talked to uh, when we acquired him was raving about him. Jared Allen obviously knew him and played well with, uh, with him in Brooklyn, so there was some familiarity there. Um, you know, he's a guy that's comfortable coming off the bench. He's comfortable in the starting lineup. He's comfortable deferring. He's comfortable realizing where he has to go make plays just a special guy. And um, I think you saw, you know, his, his blossoming at Michigan. Um, and he's a, he's a guy that we were very happy to go and make that deal for uh, in the middle of last year. I think, you know, he got injured last year and I think had he stayed healthy, you know, certainly that helps bode well for us, especially down the stretch where we needed some ball handling. Um, and it would have been a different, different end to the year for us had, had he been healthy. And believe it or not, Stoney, I actually root for him after that bad injury he had. I always like to see kids come back. But now, looking at the Pistons from the outside in, we're very close here. And I was actually just talking with Stoney um, this morning about how I think the Pistons need to build the same way that you guys and the Cavs did. How do you guys look at the Pistons' young core and what could be happening for them? Like, do you see themselves in a similar path with the Cavs? Well, you know, the Cavs added some great veteran depth. And you, like you said, and Allen and Mitchell and, and even Karis LeVert, who's been in the NBA for a few years now. But how, how do you guys view the Detroit Pistons? Yeah, the same way. It's a great question. And I think we see some parallels for a lot of reasons, whether you want to say market, whether you want to say, you know, you've got to build through the draft and trades. We have an enormous amount of respect for what Troy Reaver and his group have done. I'll say something really nice about another Michigan guy, Josh Bartlestein, who's Who's my guy there, and and uh, George David, Anthony Leodi in their in their front office, give a ton of respect for how they're building, and you see how much talent, uh, young talent that they have. We're excited about this division being really competitive for a long time to come, and and maybe seeing Detroit and Cleveland have that rivalry like we used to have a while back uh, in, in the playoff years for our respective teams. So, you know, a ton of respect for the young talent that they're starting to assemble. Um, and and I think it's going to pay off for, for Detroit for sure. I want to ask you about uh, Dan Gilbert, obviously, the Detroiter owning the Cavaliers. He went through some health issues. How's he doing, and um, what's the latest, if you can add anything? 
Yeah, he's doing well. Thanks for asking, Stoney. He, um, you know, I got to spend some good time with him uh, up in Toronto when we were there for opening night. Um, hopefully, we'll see him at the game. Um, you know, he's been around a little bit. He spoke to our team um, before one of our games a few games ago, which was really meaningful and really impactful. You know, he's doing well. Um, obviously, it's been a challenge for him the last couple of years, but um, he's a massive fighter. His entire family is. We've got access to him for whatever we need. He has continued to be um, just an incredible, incredible resource for us, um, both personally, professionally, remains a mentor to all of us. He is sharp as a tack, still sees around corners that you and me can't see around, which I, I continue to marvel at. So uh, he's doing well, he's engaged with us. And I know this, he, uh, he really likes our basketball team right now, which is a lot of fun. And he deserves it because he is an incredible guy to work for and with uh, and an amazing friend. Now, this one is not as serious of an issue as that, but being here in Detroit my entire life, I've caught grief for being a Michael Jordan fan. And then when I see Michael Jordan's logo on a Pistons jersey, I've always said that's kind of like sacrilegious. I feel in Cleveland (laughs) with everything that's happened between Jordan Bowles and the Cavs in the early 90s, that it's kind of the same thing. So it's not about the Jordan logo being on the jersey, but every NBA team now has, what, five or six different jerseys. Do you personally have a favorite Cavs jersey right now? Wow, that's a great question. Um, Do I personally have a favorite? Um, You know, we just went through a rebrand, so we've got got some new colors. I'll say this. We've got one that that is uh, still yet to drop. Um, and I know this is a podcast and not a visual, so I, I, I'm not helping you out right now. But uh, one that is uh, going to make its debut later on this year will be my favorite. And I, I, I'll, I'll leave it at that, and hopefully I can join you guys again so I can tell you what it is. But, could, uh, could it be we, like we, the ones that uh, – like the blue and orange? Like a throwback? No. Okay. No, the Brad Doherty one. Not ones. the throwback. Okay. It is not the Brad Doherty throwback. No, it's not. Okay. Um, but uh, so I'll leave you in suspense for all that, but um, we got a cool one coming. I'll say that. All right. Final thing, Jace. I know, you know, even though living in Cleveland, you're a big fan of uh, the old English D. Tiger's going to get any better here? I think so. I, I <laughs> you know, I, I, I like the move. I, I like the move that they make, and I, I think they're in good hands now. Um, and, uh, you know, look, I, Cut me open. There's still an old English D there, right, Stoney? So I know. Um, although, I, although I gotta say, we are very close with the guys who run the Guardians, and that was a fun brand of baseball to watch there as well. Um, I have full full confidence in uh, in the leadership at uh, at Comerica Park, and I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing some some good baseball here soon. Hey, Evan, Jason was like the star of the uh, the celebrity team that ended up losing to Detroit Teachers in the first annual Jamie Samuelson Memorial softball game, and then he went back the next day to play hardball. You want to know a fun fact about that, too, since Gator was in it, who's our colleague? he uh, I just heard the other day that he says his foot is still sore from that game. <laughs> is he really hurt? Is he he's really hurt? I heard him say to our to our brand manager Jimmy Powers the other day that his foot is still sore from that. So it's so funny that you just brought it up. <laughs> Come on, Gator. Come on. <laughs> that was a, that, hey, you know what? That was a lot of fun uh, on a very emotional, meaningful night for a lot of us. And I know you guys for sure. And 
uh, from what I gather, we're going to do it again. So um, a, a great way to honor our, our, our buddy Jamie. Oh yeah, and All if right. anybody Have would get a kick- little Caesars Arena, don't beat up on the Pistons too bad. We can we we beat Golden State, so maybe we can beat you guys too. I am looking forward to getting some Little Caesars pizza in the media room. I'm excited for that. <laughs> Jason Hellman, Vice President, Basketball Operations, Cleveland Cavaliers, our first guest on Restore the Floor. Thanks, Jace. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. All right, so the Pistons, Cavs at LCA. The Pistons are a seven-point home dog tonight. Evan, who do you like? I hate to say it. I don't think – I think the Pistons bounce back from their performance against Milwaukee, but I still don't think it's enough to overcome the Cavs, so I'm going to take the Cavs with the points. I'm going to go the other way. I still think Cleveland's going to win the game, but, you know, uh, garbage time. Uh, the Pistons are going to feel uh, easy layups at the end and cut a 10-point deficit to, you know – Six points, so the Pistons will cover the spread. All right. Well, then, you know, next week we're going to be back talking about all the action going on with the Pistons, and hopefully hopefully, we're going to be talking about a win and something nice that we saw and not another performance like against Milwaukee. But, I mean, like you said, it's Monday night. It's going to be against Oklahoma City. Their backcourt is very exciting. I love Josh Giddy's game and, and Shy Alexander. I mean, Jeez, that he's, he's kid. Been, he's had a great start. We'll talk more about him on Monday. 31 a game so far, Stoney. 31 yeah, a game. Well, shooting 51 Dork's playing pretty well, too, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, they're, they're playing really, really well. So, uh, listen, if you like the podcast, please tell your friends and neighbors. Tell them they can download it uh, wherever they get their uh, podcasts, odyssey.com, Spotify, all those great places. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And uh, have a wonderful weekend. It's been Restore the Floor, and we'll talk to you uh, Monday.